0: Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm joined, as always, by marvellous uh, Morgan, marvellous Malunga, and now marvellous Riley. Um, We've got a four-pronged attack, Liverpool, Man United, and two Arsenal fans. What a weekend of ball. Liverpool kicked it off with a tidy point away to Man City. Man United patterned up Everton 3-0, and Arsenal got a spawny 1-0 away win. To Brentford, was it spawny? I didn't see much of the game, uh, but I'm sure Neil and Rob are going to fill us all in. Um, but we're going to kick off with Man United Everton, Travis. I hate Man United, and I tell you what, there points today that I hated you, <laughs> Kobe, Mino, Ballon d'Or. <laughs> <And Ro laughs> the heir to Messi's throne. Andre Anana, the best keeper in the Premier League. The gas has been relentless today, but um, yes, listen, you've got a tiny little bit of custard pie on your face, I reckon, because Ten Hag's getting it right, mate.
1: Oh, shut up man. Ten <laughs> up, man. Everton are dead as well, man. Like, it's easy to blur out of proportion. Like I said on the tweet today, I fired out a couple of tweets. There's more quality in this squad than what we've been letting off. And, and the performances have been terrible, but it was nice to just score more than one goal in a game. <laughs> it just felt nice to get a couple of goals on the board. But man, no, it was a, I won't say it was a convincing performance, but it, let's, let's say it was comfortable anyway. It was very comfortable for us yesterday. Well, the score
0: was comfortable, wasn't it? But it wasn't convincing. Rob and Neil, did you just watch it? Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the first half. All Everton needed to do was get that breakthrough goal, and it just couldn't come.
2: I think the XG, the uh, the XG in the first half was like one, one point four to Everton, and I think it was like zero point zero eight for United because oh, yeah. obviously that Garnacho goal, don't even think you can register that on the XG. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it was special, wasn't it? You don't, uh, you don't save those, as Andy Gray used to say. Um, Travis, talk us through that that goal from Garnacho. I mean, it was special, wasn't it? Yeah. Rivalry aside, you've got to
1: appreciate greatness, and that was just... Just... wealthy. Just the arrogance to try it, really. Like, he, he shouldn't really be trying it from that angle. Most players take a touch there and try and pick someone out or try and go buy someone. But it is a great skill, and like you said... It, He's aimed for the top corner, whether he thinks it's going to go in. He obviously doesn't think he's going to go in, but to put it into the top corner and leave the keeper with absolutely no chance was just an unbelievable finish. And it's such a hard skill as well. I've looked at it a few times. I do think it comes off his shin a little bit because they've been comparing it to Rooney's and that. I don't think it's a clean strike off his foot. Do you think it connects off the shin a little bit, but it's still an amazing goal. But yeah, he must have been buzzing with that. I thought it was clean. Did you know? I thought it was as
0: clean yeah, as you got. Yeah, yeah. As
2: soon as you saw it, I mean, I was watching it and just out of nothing, really, I thought United, um, it's a bit of an odd game, really. They were, um, like, 3-0 sounds convincing, but it weren't a, a convincing game. If Everton could have just, like you said, registered a shot on target, there's a reason they're down the bottom of the league. Game could have quite easily gone the other way. Um, I think the 10-hard ball, if you actually look at, you know, the last bank of five, six fixtures, I hear what Travis is saying. They're not playing brilliant football. He's not pulling up any trees, but it's almost like he's. Uh, when Ollie was there, he's bluffing his way to, he's winning a few and staying around that top six. So it's hard. They're only seven points off the top or wherever they're sitting. I know us Arsenal fans don't really look down at mid-table, so I um, don't have to <laughs> United are away from us. But then as soon as they come up against anything of some kind of quality, they struggle. Um, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, But, Trav, we said it, didn't we? On a poly about four weeks ago, we looked at the fixtures that were coming up. And, like, obviously, we've seen all the Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, Brentford, and said, You're going to be in the top four come the end of November. And you said, Top of the league. And to be fair, Man United are the informed team. Is that one five of the last six? Yeah. It's a
1: damaging defeat against Man City. I mean, I'm not always a stats guy, but I think they did show us that after the game about our form against the bottom 10 against the top 10. I think we've lost one match against Palace and we've beat everybody else down the bottom. But then we've played four of the top six and we've lost them all. So I think that just sort of like sums up where our season's at at the moment. Like you said, anyone, anyone above the top eight, we just can't seem to beat at the moment. And that's what makes this Newcastle game next weekend just huge for us because... You can say we've got momentum in terms of the results. Like, we're picking results up. It's not always convincing, but I think the Newcastle game's a little bit of an acid test to see where we're really at, especially with the fact that he's not playing Varane and stuff like that, and he's dropping some of the high-profile boys and playing some of the people that he's saying he trusts. It's going to be interesting to see how we do at St. James's because that's going to be a right game. They're on top of their, top of their game. I think we all know what way that's going to go, don't we, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, at Newcastle, you're going to
0: get another slap in. I mean, let's it's t- be real.
2: Yeah, that's a horrible place to go. Obviously, that's our only defeat this season. But <clears> Newcastle <throat> will just come out the blocks at Man United and just try and press them, kill them in the first 20 minutes. Because Newcastle are a top side. I think probably looking at their points, uh, I think they probably should have a few more points than what they've got at the moment. But yeah, they're, they're, they're a top side, Newcastle. And that's one of the most difficult places to go for me in the league In Saint James's Park, but yeah, like Trav said, I think that will really be a test of have Man United improved, you know, from the beginning of the season. Have they really improved, or is this just a false storm where they're picking up results against teams they should be beating? But yeah, the game, the game against Everton. I just want to point him out. I thought Marcus Rashford was absolutely awful. I can't <laughs> believe, honestly, I can't, just every, every time, I couldn't believe it. Like, every time he got the ball,
1: Lost he was
2: it. either running into a player or, you know, trying something that was never going to come off. I thought he had a really, really poor game. And I saw today, obviously, because it's funny, because Kai Havertz has scored a goal. Obviously, the stats are flying about how Rashford scored one. Is he scored one league goal?
1: Two, he scored against you. Well. Sorry,
2: yeah, sorry, scored two mm. league goals and Havertz has got two league goals now. So, yeah, I was just really surprised at how poorly Rashford was playing because I think on his day, he's a top player, but just don't think we're seeing it at the moment. What's, What's, What's happened to him, Travis? Because he's fallen off a cliff face. I know he kind of, his career's gone a bit up and down, but he's mm.
0: this one, he's really just bottomed out from the season he had last year. Yeah, but has he? Because someone, a United, what was the United podcast, Trav? And I sent it's it to you and Naz, And one of them said that um, they were kind of saying, "Why is he off form?" Yeah. And one of these United guys said, "He's not off form. This is his level." That one good season he has, he had was the anomaly. He's back to his mediocre self. And I said it to Naz and Trav, and they were both a bit vexed. I'm not gonna lie.
2: He's a very streaky player, I find, Rashford. That's how I've always seen him. You know, when he's on form and he's scoring goals, he can end up scoring 10 in 10. But when he's off form, he goes through these patches where he finds it difficult to, you know, knit things together, score goals, set up goals. For me, it's not... I can accept when a player's not scoring or assisting. It's your overall game. And for me, his overall game's just not there at all at the moment.
1: I think he's put on a pedestal that's just too high for him. As well, I think United fans are a little bit guilty of that, and because he's English as well, I think the media put that on him as well. He's a, he is a little bit of a media darling, but he becomes a villain when he's poor as well. They're, they're quick to pile in on him when he's playing badly as well. So I think like because we've not had a top striker for so long, he's been he's been in and out of playing up top and wide as well, and I think it's quite disruptive to his game as well. Like you said, he does go in these purple patches where he scores a lot. Um, But we're so heavily dependent on his goals as well. So it's like if he's not delivering, no one else is delivering. And I think that brings sort of massive pressures to his game as well. I think he's a good player, but undoubtedly his form's terrible at the moment. Whether we're going to take him out of the firing line, I don't know. He can always produce a moment that can win you a game. And while we're playing this poorly and just picking up results of moments, I don't think he's a person that you can really take out of the team because I know he hasn't done it this year. But I think all last year, in some games we had similar performances, and he was the one that was stepping up. So I just don't think Tenall is going to remove him from the lineup anytime soon. He stumped the gaff out for England, did Rob? Did we
0: mention it on Thursday night, or was it Friday night we were talking about it? He came on for the last 15 minutes uh, for England against North Macedonia. And my God, it was like Stevie Wonder had just come on the pitch. (laughs) He was like miscontrolling the ball, running into defenders. He even at one point ran it off the pitch um, when he was trying to dribble past the defender. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, But Trav, what was the thinking behind him taking this penalty? Do you think he's looking for a little confidence booster?
1: Yeah, I think Bruno alluded to that after the game actually because they asked him about it and he just said he thinks that it's important like forwards score goals or I mean but I mean, <clears throat> I think if you look at like <clears throat> this new wave of wingers or the the new like the Salas and the Sackers and stuff like that. I think the way football's moved, I think you're less reliant on a centre forward scoring all of your goals and you've got Sort of Salah and the likes of Salah and Mane and now I'd put Saka just underneath that bracket of players who can really rack up the numbers 15, 20 goals in all competitions. And I think that puts pressure on someone like Rashford in a similar position, especially at United. As I've just mentioned, we've not got a massive striker. He's that sort of go to person that the club put that pressure on to score a lot of United's goals. So I don't think he personally can handle that type of pressure. I think with when we sign a center forward i know we spent a lot of money on hoyland and he looks good he hasn't delivered in the league yet in terms of his goals but i think once hoyland starts scoring goals in the premier league take a lot of pressure off um rashford to score a lot of goals trap do you think that um that new kid at
2: united with loads of potential is going to kick on
0: Who's
1: that? And, and Marshal. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I ain't answering that. Move on
2: me. I am. No, I don't serious. How long has he been at the club now? Fifteen years. Has he got his testimonial no. yet?
1: <laughs> no. he, came he, got his stock,
2: he got his stock. One goal of the season at <laughs> the weekend.
1: When Rob, I was, uh, was there, so it's like two, f- 2015, I think this is like his ninth season. Ninth season, testimonial this season.
0: Nice. <laughs> and he, he spent one of them out on loan to Sevilla, didn't he? You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Talk about a club not wanting you. I yeah. think he's had more hamstring injuries than he's had goals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at look at the form, Trav. I don't know. Are you thawing towards Ten Hag?
1: No, not at all. Like, not nah, at all. No. Nah, so no, you
0: beat Man, you beat Everton, you beat Luton. I mean, obviously these are not household names. you beat Fulham, you beat Sheffield United, and you beat Brentford. No,
1: as long as One,
0: it... two, three, four, five. Yeah, five wins out of the last six. What are the good. losses in there though? Who's who's
2: the half decent teams they played in Slapped between?
0: by Copenhagen. Uh slapped by Newcastle in the League Cup, slapped by Man City. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just think, like you said, I, as a United fan, you know I mean? you, you've grown up watching them challenge for the league all the time. So that's always going to be the benchmark. And I don't expect us to get that straight away. But when I look at the competitors in the league, your cities, your Liverpools, your Arsenals, um, those three teams in particular, and the brand of football they play, Tenar could have a million years in charge. He's never going to win the league playing like this. You know I mean? <laughs> it's just. So I mean, so I'm I'm not gonna just back what I'm seeing blindly because <laughs> he's getting one nils against Luton. You know I mean? we've, had, we've had managers, we've had managers that can go on these long unbeaten runs like Ollie, He was never gonna win the league ever. So I'm seeing like hours sort of cut from the same cloth in terms of the way we're playing. So so until I see performances that are much more convincing, a lot more controlled, we start scoring more goals and we look competent and confident against. The lesser teams to start with, because again, we're picking up results against those lesser teams, but most of those lesser teams could have arguably got a point against us. I mean, Fulham away, we scored in the 90th minute, Brentford, we scored two in stoppage time, and Luton, we won 1 0. Do you know what I mean? On another day, we've lost seven points in them games. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you've got to look at it. In a balance way. I'm not, I'm, I've been guilty of that in the past. Where I've just gassed up like mediocrity. I'm not going to do that anymore. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> you, <laughs> Travis, you <laughs>
0: have you have not learned your lesson. Near no, no, no Scott. Still to this day, Scott. he's like, "No, we've Rob, got, got squad. We've Scott, got the squad. We
2: just need a serious Scott. manager." Scott, yeah, that's right. He used to. We used to have yeah. this WhatsApp group. <laughs> every single morning, <laughs> mate. The voice notes she used to get off. Trab. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Mourinho, we're
1: back. I've got some of them archived as well, man. I just listen to them every now and again to just You get... wanna
2: burn those, I tell you. <laughs> you. You've gone through waiting for five managers. <laughs> Each one was gonna come good. <laughs> Trav has learned his lesson, I would say, um, definitely. Yes, yes. Yes. The thing
1: is, I have to Trav... live off the gas, man. It keeps me sane, doesn't <laughs> it? it keeps me sane, Trav's right. the Anthony Martial
0: of WhatsApp group. <laughs> he's got all this potential and knowledge. And then it's like the click of your fingers, you're like, you don't realise Trav's actually 35 now. looks <laughs> so he like he's a, a ute learning his trade. He'll never learn. Um, but anyway, <laughs> listen, in the meantime, before you get a serious manager, Trav, you yeah. got big tests coming up. Obviously, Galatasaray away, that's that's going to be an acid test. Mm. Let's be real. If you go out of Europe, um, the, the fan base are going to be in bits. Let's be honest. Man United belong in the Champions League. Then you're away in Newcastle. Home of Chelsea, you've picked up a bit of form. Home of Bournemouth is a bit of a gimme. And then obviously at home to Bayern Munich, which you could already be out of the Champions League by then. <laughs> yeah. So there might be a feel-good factor around Old Trafford at the minute. Ten Hag winning a few people over, maybe putting that bad start to the season to bed, but it's not going to get any better anytime soon, is
1: it? Well, that that's the thing I think it's firmly in the balance and I think that the thing that you've just alluded to in regards to the Champions League, I'm not actually sure how the club are going to react to that because especially with Sir Jim Ratcliffe, that looks like he's going to be coming in imminently as well and making quite a lot of structural changes as well. If we do go out of Europe, I know the European money and that status attracting players, that's going to be massively important. It's always, always been important to United. We've not always been in the Champions League consistently as well. So if we do go out, it will depend, like, I think if we go into the Europa League, he actually might be safe because that's going to be another avenue in to get into the Champions League and Ten sort of might go strong in that and, and sort of rely on that to try and get into the Champions League next season. Well, if we just bomb out and just finish fourth, then he could really struggle to keep his job, especially if we lose a few league games in and around that as well. I think it's going to be, because like I said, we're, what, four points off the top four now, but. If we lose our next couple, I mean, we've got Newcastle and Chelsea at home, all of a sudden you find yourself, you know what I mean, 10 points off the top four and (laughs) out of Europe. That don't look good. That could all happen in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's definitely not anything where he should be getting ahead of himself. He's got big games to prepare for, and I think he's just got to take it one game at a time. Oh, sorry, I was just going to make a quick point. My,
2: my, My big worry as a Man United fan would be if this form stays... And it goes into January. Then what do you do? Because obviously, Man United squad needs surgery. So Ten Hag he's doing well. He's performing well. Goes into January, and then he's going to want money to spend on that squad. And mm-hmm. is either manager that you want to be giving that money to again? That's that's that would be my big. I wouldn't United give him I any money in Jan.
1: I, I wouldn't give him any money in January. Mm-hmm. Certainly for that as a minimum. Not even thinking about the summer. He's not using the likes of Amrabat. Mount can't get a game. Reguilon's obviously, I know Luke Shaw's just come back, but Reguilon was holding the bench before and we didn't have a left-back. He's playing Lindelof left-back. So he's using all the current squad anyway. What am I going to give him money for? Do
0: you and know what I mean? Casemiro's
1: I not... a dead man walking now, isn't he? Is it Casemiro? I know he's injured now, but he, he's not using him. Anthony was on the bench. Do you know what I mean? That's three hundred millions million worth of players, like not getting a game. So I just don't think he actually deserves money. I think he needs to show with the current crop that you can get better football out of this first and then go from there. That's Mm -hmm. what I think.
0: Neil, do you think Ten Hag's job's at risk?
1: Um, I hope not. Obviously, we
0: love... Yeah, <laughs> we love bantering, Trab, but honestly, the, the the informed team in the Premier League. Trab, he's, he's probably bought himself the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, I think he is going through a bit of it. Just, you know, when Ollie was there and he, he'd win a few games in a row, six, seven, eight, nine, or undefeated in 10, and all of a sudden it just kept the wolves at the door for another four, five, six months. I think the only way his job can be at risk is if this takeover bid starts gaining momentum, and then whoever's coming in wants to shake things up because. There's something going on upstairs, um, at board level. I think if that doesn't happen or happen anytime soon, I can't see them getting rid of him. Um I don't quite know how, but he seems to get some kind of blessing in the media where other managers are getting crucified. You know, Arteta was a bottle job last year, probably doing an amazing job at a, an Arsenal team you weren't expecting to challenge for the title. and People were questioning whether he should be at the club from the media. But Ten Hag seems to get an easy ride. I don't know if it's just me.
1: <clears throat> mm. I don't know if he's getting an easy ride. I think it depends what you read, to be honest. Don't it? I think he's been quite heavily criticized, but I know what you're he saying. He had a decent return it. last season, yeah. though, didn't he, Trav? Do you think that bought him some kudos? Oh, it definitely bought him some time, yeah. But I think with the decisions he made, he made some high profile decisions. Obviously, I know people might not view it as that, but to strip the captaincy off Maguire, to get rid of De Gea, bring in a new goalkeeper. Um Ronaldo obviously when Se- Jaden Sancho now like he's taking on Varane he's literally taking on everyone he's not backing yeah, down but that's the thing have any of them
2: actually worked out because you shipped <coughs> off not Ronaldo really, yeah. you shipped off Ronaldo you can't hit a barn door let's be honest you no. strip Maguire of the captaincy and he's back in the starting 11 you, yes. know, you start looking at all the decisions he's made he brought in half of the squad that he brought in he doesn't play so they are his own players that he's not playing. He then comes out in the media saying he can't play the way he's playing at Ajax because he hasn't got the players, And he's got half the squad or similar type players that he had at Ajax. So I think a lot of the decisions he's made haven't haven't they haven't bore any decent fruit. So and that falls on the manager.
1: But um, well, as long as he keeps winning, like it doesn't really matter now because if he's saying he can't play the football. That, you, that we saw at Ajax, I mean, we're certainly not seeing it. The football is dead, man. Like, literally, you could put Fellaini in this side and it would look decent. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well, isn't it? The sum of the ball we're playing, it's horrendous. So, like, he's already admitted he can't play that level of football, but he's picking up these 1-0s, these 2-1s and stuff, scraping, scraping back. But where,
2: where are his signings, Trav? Where's the players that he brought
1: in? You know I mean? He brought these players in and...
2: He's not giving them any game time.
1: I can't tell you. I literally can't tell you. There's no reason for it as well. I think what he's trying to mitigate against, in particular, like the Mason Mount, because I know he planned on playing him deep, sort of next to a holding player. And he saw Mount as that person who likes to pick the ball up and start attacks and get the ball off the back line and that. And, and he's that like did saying, one game, didn't it? Yeah, no, against Wolves. But <laughs> he's saying because Martinez is out, he's got nobody to pass him the ball. That's what he's been saying and stuff. It's just all excuses. But like I said, Van Alman. I don't know if it's these Dutch managers, you know, because they make excuses if stuff's not going well. They like tend to blame other things. Thingy did it as well. The De Boer, one, one of the De Boer brothers, when he was at
0: um, Palace.
1: Yeah, he did the same thing. Van All did it. Van Oel bombed everyone and was playing like Tyler Blackett and stuff, um, Cameron ballfoot Jackson, Paddy McNair. and he was bombing like Marcus Rojo and stuff. It, it just went wild. Like they just I, I I just don't know what to put it down to, to be honest. Some of the decisions are baffling. And like Varan, apparently his camp's baffled by it as well. So yeah, I can't vouch for some of the decisions he's making, lads. And obviously with his
0: signings, can you hand on heart say any of his signings have been a bona fide success? The only one I can think of, maybe a push, is Martinez. And the jury's still out on him a bit. That um, He's a butcher, a hatchet man. He's he's not got, obviously, the height. Everyone's made a lot of it. Uh, people like Jamie Carragher come out and said he admitted he was wrong with Martinez. But I don't know. Is Martinez anywhere near the level of Van Dyke, Saliba, um, Ruben Diaz? No, he's you know, not that. that level, is he?
2: When we were linked with Martinez, we actually wanted him as a left-back. In terms of uh, playing that inverted role that Sinchenko plays, that's who we went for first to play that role. So you know maybe he's maybe he's better suited in that position, but you'll yeah. never you'll never see that at Man United because they don't play that brand of football. So you have to judge him as a centre back, uh, and I think. I think in his first season, I think he was probably getting a little bit too much praise for my liking because we started to see a few deficiencies in his game as the season went on. But I think he's a good player. Uh, mm. But is he is he a player
0: that's going to push you to win a title? I'm not sure. <clears throat> I wouldn't swap him for either, either of our centre-backs. So, yeah. That's the thing. I think that's the rub. I don't think many people would. So does that mean he's been a bona fide success? The jury's out, isn't it?
1: I think and he's and a look good, at. I think he's a good player, and I yeah, think he's a he,
0: good he's a good player, but he's not like Saliba levels, is he? Where no, like, no, no, I can't no, believe we've got him. What a signing! Now move on to another position. What else we're going to strengthen? He's not he's not that good, is he?
1: No, Saliba's a freak though, because like I mean, he's got the physicals to go with it as well. And uh, I'm not saying the height. I mean, look at Cannavaro; he's one of the best centre halves of all time. So it's not necessarily the height. I don't think he's quite at that level yet, Saliba Van Dijk level. He might become that. We don't know. He's had quite a bad injury. He's been a bit stop start this season as well. But I think if you look at United as well, just going back to the signings and stuff, we are quite a small team in general. Like If you look along the whole team itself, like Luke Shaw, Martinez-Eriksen, Mason Mount, another signing, we're not really a physical team. I think that's the biggest downfall for United. When we try and mix it against those bigger teams, I think we get overrun physically a lot. And that's why I was a little bit disappointed with some of the recruitment. For me, it was split straight down the middle. I was delighted with Anana. I thought we needed a ball playing goalkeeper. I was delighted with Hoyland as well, because I didn't, I know Harry Kane, he'll score you 20 goals a season, but I just didn't want us to spend that massive outlay on an older striker again. So I was happy with Hoyland. But then the Mount and the Amrabat signing really sort of let the window down for me. And then like some of the departures that didn't go, like Maguire didn't go, and there was a couple of other boys like Van De Beek that didn't go. So yeah, I think we need massive a massive summer again. We need to chop a few boys and we need to get some boys like in again. Trav, can I just re-
2: rewind? Did you just put Martinez on the same level as Cannavaro on a height basis?
1: Up, man. Does that mean? Does bro. that?
2: Are you putting on the same <laughs> level as Anthony? <laughs> just because they're not that tall, is that it? Could he be a great commentator at the same time? <coughs> I'm Neil, sure can you come that. on more?
1: No, he's probably. Sure he he, he has probably been our best signing though since he's. Yeah, since but that's us pushing,
0: isn't it? That's his. Yeah. the, I, of the I, Barrel,
1: Trav. I think Mm. The jury's out on Hoyland. The
0: jury's out on Anana. Martinez is probably the most case Mm. you can push for being a success.
2: The thing is, though, I agree with Rob. He got some praise, I think, because he got hammered at the beginning from Carragher, etc. So he got some praise that he had some half-decent performances last year. But the back end of the season, he was awful. And then he looked awful before he got injured at the beginning of this season, almost like he got found out, like the meet you of centre-backs.
1: But like, well, he so was injured, though he was. I think agent. if he carried on this
2: season, you would have you would have seen him
0: get found out a lot more. Uh, let's get back to the game, Rob. Anthony Martial, a penalty or a dive? Oh, that's a penalty. There's not even a debate oh. about it. That's a thousand percent yeah. a penalty. Come in his
2: dive. Scott, come
1: in? on! <laughs>
2: Do you not think that was a penalty?
1: It- <laughs> In the letter of the law, he watches the game with the back of his head, man. (laughs) He's not even looking at the TV.
2: Scott's trying to pull out Robert Perez tripping himself up Portsmouth circa 2004. Scott, Scott, that's a penalty No, come on,
0: right. Listen, when you slow it down and look at the letter of the law, yeah, it was. But my God, it it was a professional... uh, I think that's that's not even... I don't even think yeah. that's the, I think it's clear, clear Ashley on. Young was naive and he showed every age of his 39 years hanging his leg out there but as soon as Martial seen it he was like thank you I'll oh, just dangle my leg there and throw myself down <laughs> look it was a penalty but when I looked at it I was like oh you fell nah. for it Neil oh it was a pen. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was one of those. You know where you, right, you
1: know right, where the VAR
2: comes in and you watch it back and you and you try and convince yourself as an opposing for you go, ah yeah, and you go, nah, that's a that's, no, a, that's, a, that's a pen. A pen. Yeah. It's a pen. And Ashley Young knew it was a pen as well. Yeah. <laughs> he did the old Well your arms go really close to you. Yeah. Give it one of those. And, and then and then he did the old when it was given, start swearing loads
0: like it's a joke. Yeah. Why is that a
2: penalty? Like, come on, that's a pen
0: <laughs> Right, I'll tell you what, let's let's move swiftly on to the. Liverpool Man City game then Uh that foul on Allison by Akanji was that a foul you threw? No,
1: three? It,
2: it, it's it's not it's not. But because it's a keeper, it gets given. If that's yeah, a defender, he yeah. doesn't Deeper. get it. But it's different rules. Let's have a look. Have a look. Have a look. I, 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 Everybody out there was saying that uh, the Newcastle goal stood because there was no foul on Gabriel when Joel Linton's basically pressed his face into the dirt. And then all of a sudden that one is a foul when there's been a light yeah. bit of contact. So you look at the two and you say, Well, you know, they should both be looked at the same, whether it's a keeper or not.
0: Yeah, I mean and I'm and buzzing because it was a cause... foul. It was a foul yeah. on Gabriel. A hundred percent. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. it's not. But a that was that, a foul it. on Allison. <clears throat> Have no, any of you ever been in goals and tried to catch a ball with no. one, one hand? He just yeah, just he pulled his arm down like that,
1: so he couldn't catch it. <clears throat> At There's hardly any contact, if any, like literally. Like you said, if that was just a centre-half, it's just two players. Yeah, but it it's doesn't different look like walls. much to you, yeah. but if it's if different if he's a 16-stone man leaning on his shoulder, it's a foul, isn't it? You don't know how much weight he was putting on that. I can't that believe he got given as a foul, to be honest. Yeah. I was watching that, I was like, that is a the joke, The man. ref gave a foul on
2: the pitch there, and I always think that, that makes a big difference. If the ref gives a foul, yeah. then yeah. they're probably not going to overturn it, just like yeah. the Gabriel one where the ref didn't give a foul. So then it's up to VAR to make a decision to overturn it. I think if the ref hadn't given a foul on the pitch, I don't think it would have been
0: given as a foul by VAR. So I agree with that. The pundits were pretty much saying that on Talk Sport and it was infuriating me. They're like, ah, Liverpool have got away with one there. But they did say, yeah, like you say, if the ref hadn't have blown, um, I don't think VAR would have overturned it. But I I think they would have uh, purely for the fact of the arm was visibly on his shoulder holding his his left arm down so it prevented him from catching the ball I mean let's be honest you three Alisson would have caught that why would he not have caught that I'm not sure he he flaps a bit he he?
2: he weren't having a good game I'm not sure if he would have caught (laughs) it he wasn't having a good game game with his feet We could have Ramsdale, Ramsdale's available. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a top keeper. He's the best keeper in the league for me. Definitely the yeah, best keeper in the
0: league. Um, he was obviously unfortunate with that um, giveaway for Haaland's first goal, but uh, who was the left-back Nathan Acker? He'd done well, didn't he, to feed Haaland through. Mm-hmm. And then Haaland showed
1: Darwin Nunes how <coughs> you finish in a top-flight pressure game. Yeah, we said it. We said it on the poddy on, when we previewed it with OB, didn't we? Like Nunes, because we was gassing him up to the hill and we said, do you watch? He's going to have one of them games where he's at, do you know, when? because he, he's so unpredictable and he has a stinker. We said, watch him have a stinker at the weekend. And he did, didn't he? Like everything he did, he just couldn't get it going, man. His touching and everything is finishing. He just weren't on it. I mean, I disagree. I mean, he's predictable. He's predictably
2: awful every time he plays. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what people are watching. This guy can't hit a barn door. Scotty gets really excited if he gets the ball on the halfway line and doesn't kick it out. He's like, see, he's coming. <laughs> he's just finding his feet. He's all over the road still. You know, that year last year, it was he's going to bed in and this year he's going to kick mm-hmm. on. He's just so erratic. It's, it's unreal. He erratic. He's that got has- no composure in the final third. As fans, though, like of our own clubs, we we try our hardest to just make make ourselves think that it's going to work. I feel like that was Arsenal fans massively with Pepe. There were yeah, moments yeah. where you thought, yeah, he's got quality. and Yeah, like you said, the second season, it's going to tick. It, this is where it never just quite works out. And Nunes yeah, might yeah. just be one of them sort of players. I think he might be, because I remember just I used to watch like... Pepe you take one, a little shift inside and whip it in top bins. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, that's it. He He's kicking <laughs> on now. And then... And then he'd just do a Nunez for the next six games. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think Nunez won't quite at
1: Liverpool then? Nah. <laughs> nah.
2: To be fair, if he went down to Liverpool's under-13s, he might get a game on the bench.
0: <laughs> do you reckon we'll let Nunez go on a free transfer then just to get him off the books? <laughs> like, United, will, United will buy him off you, though, you? don't worry. <laughs> um, but listen, a little word about Trent's finish. I mean, that that kid's a right back. Yeah, I, love him, normal, I love him, I love him. I think Not he's ma-
2: I think he's massively uh underrated in this country. I do. I just everyone yeah. looks at his defensive flaws, but I think you just got to look at what he brings in the final mm. final third for me he's a luxury player and if you can if you can get the right players around him like Liverpool did the year they won the league, then he's just a cheat code. Always he's a that. massive yeah. cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cheat code. I think he'll be mm. one of those where it comes to the end of his career and you know pundits will be in doing some Sky Sports like your real Ferdinand saying how did we not appreciate him when he played? I think he will be one of those that will say, you know, he didn't ever really play for England. I don't think he will while Southgate's managing. Uh, And you'll almost say, could he have, you know, got us over the line at one of these tournaments, like, you know, the Italy game, for example, where we probably should have just kicked on and won that. You just think if you had somebody like that in the team, would it have made the difference? Just another option, another weapon. And I think when he retires, it will be, why didn't, you know, why wasn't he appreciated enough? If he was, you know, playing in, you know with for Spain or someone he'd be playing all the time. Oh, yeah, um yeah. you know in different positions, he'd be playing, popping up as a you know a right back, centre mid, he'd be playing all kinds of roles. I just think uh, like Rob said he's just not appreciated. I don't know why um he gets highlighted too much for like you say a couple of little defensive errors. Um but yeah he's top draw.
0: But would any of you three put him in England over Kyle Walker, Reese James and Kieran Trippier? I'd put him in. I'd put him in midfield. Yeah. Over, I, I know. I know it's. I
2: know you become a bit overloaded with attacking players in midfield. But like for me, I, why is Calvin Phillips a bit? I know they're totally different footballers. I know mm. they're completely different footballers. But for me, I'd play Trent over Calvin Phillips. Why would you not? What he yeah. offers, what he offers in that final third is. His, um, his passing is an absolute joke. Yeah. Like his passing is, is... There's not many people with better passing range in the league yeah. than him. And if you can do it in the play. rat race of the Prem... Go on. Sorry, Trav. It's just saying, Go if on. you can do it in the rat race of the Prem and find that time and space, it, you think of him in there in international football where you, you've pretty much got all the time on the world on the ball. You know, you get a lot more... Um, you don't get closed down and pressed quickly enough. You, you think about what he could do. You would probably see him kick on even more on the international mm. stage. Um, than he does in the Premier League. Yeah, you could play him you... with
1: Rice and exactly. Rice, Bellingham and Trent as a yeah. like 100%. as a player, easily.
2: Yeah. You look at Arsenal, how many games Arsenal played this season with Rice just in the midfield on his own and playing with two eight. So I don't see why England couldn't do that. But yeah. they haven't yeah. they, they haven't got the manager. they haven't got the manager who wants to do that. So
0: yeah. uh Arsenal one 0 away to Brentford I had them in last man standing new and Rob. So, I've got to admit, I was sweating. So, when it come through 88 minutes, German left-back Kai Havertz <laughs> <laughs> <the score> to <laughs> told you, so didn't I? Like... I said, we've got a new player. I told
2: you in the poddy before, I said, we've got a new player. German lad, Kai Havertz, left-back, pops up in,
0: in all sorts of
2: positions. I was like, there you
0: go. But at the end of the game, what was it like? Was it any good? Was it frustrating, as the scoreline suggests?
2: Yeah, Brentford just sat back two banks of four and it was um, just a sea of red and white. Arsenal were trying to break them down for long periods. Probably didn't shift the ball quick enough, but um, it was just one of those where you thought if you can get out of there with a 1-0 back on the bus home, um, you'd be happy. Uh, and that's what it turned out to be, really. Yeah, I said in the poddy that we did before, the preview pod, I said I'd be. I was interested to see how Brentford would approach the game, whether they would sit back, and try and hit us on the break or whether they'd have a go at us. And I think two, three seasons ago, I know they were only in the Premiership two, three years ago, but I think they would have looked at that fixture and thought, right, we're going to have a go at Arsenal. But I think people see us now, teams see us in a totally different light. And I think that's testament to where we are as a club. I think they believe that, you know, they didn't fancy opening up and expanding against us because they'll get popped off. And they thought the best way of getting a getting a result from that game was to put, put <clears throat> like uh, Neil said, four bank uh, two banks of four and try and nick something on the break. But we defended really, really well. And like like Neil said, we probably could have shifted the ball a bit better. But I think that's what we're going to come up against in a lot of games this season. Teams teams facing us and playing like that against us. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, they I mean they did really well to be fair. They doubled up on Martinelli and Saka all day. Sometimes they had three players out wide whenever either of those got the ball. And obviously with with Jesus coming back from injury, it was good for him to get some minutes under his belt. And um it felt like it was going to be one of those... I just felt Arsenal were just going to knock the door down. It wasn't one of those where I felt we're not going to get something here. They didn't look threatening the other way, um, apart from when Ramsdale got the ball. Um, oh but, yeah, it was a really good away win, particularly as everybody else around us dropped. You know, the two clubs uh, immediately next to us, pools and um, City dropped. And then, obviously, with Spurs
0: um, losing to Villa yesterday, it was a real good weekend for Arsenal. Uh, what happened with Aaron Ramsdale? I've only seen the left-back Kai Havertz goal. I haven't seen any other um, highlights of the game. But mm-hmm. on the radio, they said that Ramsdale had an absolute nightmare. First half, what was going on? Was it his kicking or something? And Neil... <laughs> one throw as well that he
2: threw into the floor. Just, just doesn't... It's just... There's no confidence there. And as I've been his saying in the last then, few yeah. pods, there's a clear breakdown in relationship between him and the manager and there's no way back for him, unfortunately. Not that yeah. I think he's a bad keeper. I think he knows that. Like, he had his head down a lot in the game. Like, even at half-time walking, he had his head down. Towards the end of the game, he had his head down. I think he knows that whatever he's done, you know whether it's his behavior, the podcast, whatever, whatever he's done. The manager hasn't liked it, and with Arteta, there's not, there's not many, there's not pl- any players that I know that have come back from upsetting him. Look, we mm. got rid of Aubameyang, we got rid of Özil, and I think Ramsdale's now in that same, <coughs> same. Yeah, uh, it's, cat- it's interesting catalog. because yeah, because I listened to your poddy, uh, yours and Scott's on was it Thursday or Friday when you were talking a lot about Ramsdale, and I was sitting there thinking, ah, oh, you know, you know, has that really happened? Uh, you know, they had a big fallout, but when before the game in the in the pre-match and then in the post match, the way Arteta talks about his players, he's so like amorous about them and this, that, and the other. And they could be they could be having the worst game ever. You know, he's waxing lyrical about Havertz, who, to be fair, hasn't been great. There was none of that for Ramsdale before the match or after the match. He very carefully skirted around anything to do with Aaron Ramsdale. And there wasn't any of that love or kind of amorous way that he talks about his players. And I thought do you know what? Yeah, there's obviously something that's gone on that's bigger than just, OK, maybe he thinks he's not as good with his feet. Um, so there must be there must be something that's quite big that's happened. It'll
0: and be his Dad's podcast will it? No, I think,
2: think it was two before two, then. Just a do quick one, on, one on, Just a quick one. On. And in, in the first half, one of the journalists who was at the game said that after he'd made that mistake where... Uh, he got caught on the ball, and Rice cleared it off the line. The yeah. next, the next time we had a goal kick, Arteta told him. I can't remember if Arteta told it. The journalist basically said Arteta told him to go short or long. I can't remember which one it was. And Ramsdale literally did the opposite, and Arteta just turned away, and supposedly his frustration was like um, like so yeah. noticeable on his face, as if to say look, you just don't listen to what I tell you. That's that's the indication I got. And like Neil said, the, the lines of communication are broken and, and it, I don't see him getting back in the team in any way, shape or form. I think if R-
1: Raya chucked in two in the Champions League, I still think he'd play the next game. Do you two think, knowing that, obviously, I think it's quite evident that when you came in for Raya in the summer, even though it was alone, long-term, that was going to be his number one. He must have had it in his head from... From before when the transfer happened do you think as a club then knowing that that arsenal could have dealt with that situation any better i.e do you think they could have maybe moved Ramsdale on or do you think that healthy competition could have been decent in hindsight
2: yeah i mean i know a lot's been made of the keeper thing but i'm just like it's any anywhere else on the pitch you know almost stop being a bit of a baby about it you know you've you're not in the team at the moment. You're still young. You're younger than David Raya. You know, work your socks off like anyone else and get back in the team. Look at just Harry Maguire, for example, you know, just get your head down, graft, do what you need to do, leave the silly potties out. And it's almost like him and his family have been swept away with the media talk of these two keepers, etc. cetera. So I think it obviously started with Arteta and maybe the club, but then it's, like, what else was he, what else were you going to say? Oh yeah, I think Ramsdale's awful. So I brought Raya in. You know, you want competition for places. It's no different than if you had Turner and Ramsdale last year. You know, America's number one was playing every week, comes to the club. He's saying, you know, I've got two keepers to compete with each other. So I I do think that part of the media hype has then led into the Ramsdale camp. And like Rob's saying, I think something's then come from that. Well, there's obviously stuff going on in the media. Maybe he's gone to the manager in a bit of an unprofessional way in training or something and said, you know, what's going on? We can't have two number ones. Who's your number one guy? You know when he's been making him breakfast in bed and he's not been eating it or something. So then he's, you know, they've had a big fallout. But well, do you um, think that was well, his
1: intention, though? Like what I'm saying no, is, before that transfer happened, like, no, no, go on, man. no, no, because
2: David. Raya, you thought Raya was that, an
1: upgrade, th- didn't he? No, but yeah.
2: David Raya was up for sale at
1: the beginning. Oh. oh no. Yeah, you're, oh. Back, you're back. You're back. We can't hear you, Rob. I think you muted, Rob. No, you muted. Um, um, Neil. Back. Yep.
0: Surely, if it was as bad as we've just explained, like there's obviously a clear fallout. Who's your third choice keeper? Um, if it was that bad, he'd have played the third choice keeper and so, "Yeah, yeah well, well, well it no, now. I do yeah, January." Yeah,
2: but I think he's I think he's cute enough to know that actually Hein isn't ready. Um,
0: so he's well, a young I mean, lad still, if it's as bad as um yeah but maybe it's not out. maybe
2: it's not as bad as you know as clear cut as that there's obviously been a disagreement Ramsdale thinks he can get his place or that game there was no other choice I don't think you would have played Hine against Brentford you know it was such a big game particularly with City and Liverpool drawing you know it's like I've always said the big games aren't always the big games it's the game that <laughs> comes around when you've got an opportunity to jump on your rivals and he would have been stupid to have played Hein in goals um, yeah, yeah, what I just wanted to say before I got uh, disconnected yeah. was you got to remember that Raya was up for sale at the beginning of the summer and we never showed any real interest. Look, he nearly joined Spurs, and we never showed any real interest. And then his price dropped, and he nearly joined Bayern Munich, and we still had not really shown any interest. So for me, those lines of communication during that period in the summer must have gradually got worse. And then Arteta's gone, look, I just want a new keeper. I don't wow. think necessarily David Rare was the... I don't think he sees Raya maybe as the keeper in two three years, but I think he probably thinks for the next eighteen months, maybe two maybe two seasons, that David Raya that David Rye is
1: who he wants over Aaron Ramsdale. So you mm. sort of think it was like a developing situation for us. Yeah, I think, it, I think
2: I right. think it definitely got worse. I think the situation because why we were not linked to any keeper at mm. all. At all. And then obviously when the Raya uh, price plummeted a little bit, we obviously struck a good deal with Brentford that we were both yeah. happy with. But yeah, we were, not, we were not linked to any keeper. Ramsdale was playing pre-season. Arteta was big on getting his players in for the beginning of pre-season to get everything clicking and get everything going. But <clears throat> he obviously saw, I think he saw Raya as an opportunistic signing in terms of the, the relationship got worse. And that was when he pulled the plug and went, yeah, I'm going to go get a keeper. Ramsdale had a good season as
1: well, let's be honest. Like last it season he did have a good He's a good season.
2: keeper. He's a good keeper. There's no denying he's a good keeper. But I think what's happened as well, like I said in the previous pod, I think certain clubs are going to be put off by this. And we probably haven't handled it amazingly. Like in terms of I think probably his price is going to have plummeted a little bit. The talks, the talk of maybe if we'd have sold him in the summer. Before all this had come out, we probably would have got fifty million for him, but I don't think we'll get 50. I think if Arsenal can get the money back, what they paid for him, 30 million, I think they'll be happy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see what happens in January then. I think Ramsdale has burnt his bridges, or at least his dad has. Um, and I think he'll be making a swift exit in January, probably on loan and then permanent in this summer. Uh the final word who's in the title race? Spinning one spurs <laughs> but those
2: wheels those wheels fell off quickly oh, mate, didn't they? mate, they're still falling off still yes. life comes life comes at you fast i saw a thing with Ange with his free <laughs> pre- manager of the month awards three losses uh, on the spin yeah well do you know United, what arsenal arsenal have United. got a nice little bank of fixtures coming up wolverhampton uh Luton, villa brighton before we play liverpool you know there's a real opportunity there with uh, City have, have got Spurs and uh, they've got United
1: or Chelsea coming up. They just had Chelsea. They've, Chelsea. Got... I think they've already beat us. Yeah. yeah, yeah got City, next,
2: City have got uh, Spurs and then they've got Villa. They've got Villa themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa have got Man City and Arsenal. I had look today. But yeah, yeah, I think we've moved silently, Arsenal have. I think it mm. kind of crept up to the top of the table. I think before the beginning I I was quite surprised when the game came around and I forgot I thought to myself oh yeah wait if Liverpool and City draw it we can go top of the league if we win at Brentford so I think we're moving we're moving silently welcome (laughs) I think we're moving silently this year and I think it's a totally different season from last year the way we're playing what we're coming up against like I've always said in all the pods we are massively on about control and I think you can see that defensively
0: I think we've been the best team in the league defensively this season My impression of Arsenal as well is that you haven't even kicked into top gear yet. Yeah.
2: If you think about the players we've got out injured or to come back and play a sustained period of time, you know, Jesus has been out for a big chunk of the season. Party hasn't really paid. Timber obviously hasn't played. Odegaard's had a period out. Zinchenko's had a period out. You start adding it all up, you think, well, actually, if you get all of those players fit and firing for a good chunk of the back end of the season, it could bode well for us. Mm.
0: Uh, What about Liverpool? Anyone giving Liverpool a chance? Yeah. Top six, Definitely. Considering we've done <laughs> we've done Man City away, we've done Spurs away, we've done Brighton away, we've done Newcastle away. Um Luton away.
1: Big one.
0: Luton I away. think yeah,
1: <laughs> Liverpool are definitely in a title race, but I think they'll just come short, to be honest. I don't know. I just there's just something missing. When I watch Liverpool, brilliant to go brilliant going forward, will score lots of goals, but I just there's just games where you just think that could finish one each or i don't know I, it's just something missing from the team when i watch them it's just not quite 100% there yet
2: i think arsenal will come short but i do think arsenal are on the cusp of winning a league in the next 3 seasons i think we're only going to improve the squad there's talk there's talk already of us getting Oshiman. Potentially next summer, which is mm-hmm. would be absolutely massive, you know. And I think that's what we're going to do now. I think the next the next few summers, I think we're going to add that hundred million pound player, and then add a couple of players around that, like we did with Rice. And I think the next big one for us is a striker. And if we can get that right, and we can get someone who can score us twenty goals a season, I think we can win the league in the next three years. Yeah, uh, if we keep all our players because they're all at
0: such a good age as well, so. Mm. And if yeah, right, he keeps financing it, of course. Yeah,
2: Rice is just different level, though, isn't he? He's come in and he's oh, shown what a you, get, you get for 100 million.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, and just a quick last word on Liverpool it looks like Alisson's out for the next four or five weeks, so that'll be the Man United game, the Arsenal game. Was it? And I said on the last couple of Liverpool poddies that we are an injury to Alisson, Van Dyke, and Salah. Before it all comes crumbling down. So, if who's, your, who's your,
2: who's your number fun, two these days, Scotty? You still got that uh, Kellner.
0: Keller, yeah. yeah.
2: And that's a great FPL opportunity there for you, Scott. You've got a 3.9 million
0: goalkeeper that you can use for the next
2: remember that remember that that's why I'm that's that's why I'm in the I can't top fit 20K. him in I'm already what, stacked
0: with three Liverpool players.
2: That's why I'm in the top twenty K in the world <laughs> <laughs> Nuggets of information like that. I'll keep it in mind.
0: Right lads right, it's been a God. pleasure as always. Uh Liverpool are in a title race. Uh, Arsenal are in a title race and according to Trav, Man United are going to win the World (laughs) Cup with Ballon d'Or winner Toby Mino. So make sure you join us for the next one um, and let's see how our fortunes favour in the next games. Trav, we might do a Champions League Wednesday night if you're in for it. Obviously, only if you go out if you go out could be Trav's last one could (laughs) (laughs) be
2: Champions League pod then there'll be Europa League warm up thing
0: (laughs) 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 right nice one cheers for joining us on a Monday night lads have a great week everybody if anyone's made it this far don't forget to like and subscribe it helps us out a lot really appreciate it cheers guys